Hi, I am Marcia Reefer Johnston, and I have the privilege today of talking with Tom Johnson, the author of the famous blog, I'd Rather Be Writing. And I love watching Tom interview other people, and I think that it's about time somebody turned the tables and uh, allowed him to be in the focus of the camera and be on the receiving end of questions and give us a chance to hear some of his thoughts. So Tom, I would like to ask you some questions. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm ready. I have been following your blog for several years, mm -hmm. and I'm struck by the variety of topics that you write about, and that's one of the things that draws me hmm. to your blog. I'm a technical writer, and I enjoy all those topics, but you also talk about your own life and mm -hmm. interests. How did you decide what kind of blog you were going to create? Well, you know, I kind of, I didn't just start my blog with an initial idea of, oh, I'm going to write about technical writing. Actually, I started blogging probably seven years ago when I became a chapter webmaster for the STC in Florida. And I started to kind of post some news and updates. I, I moved our site over to WordPress and I was, ex because it was just easier, looked easier than, than running a regular static HTML site. And I started to post some things and after a while I realized that I was the only one posting. I tried to get other chapter members to post. I wanted it to be like a group news update kind of site. But since I was the only one posting, I decided, you know what, I'll just create my own blog. I don't want to dominate the whole thing. So, um, and my posts have kind of evolved and changed. At first they were just like little news bites, and then at times I've tried to like make them more essayistic, essayistic. other times more story-driven. Yeah, my, my interests fluctuate, but I think at some point we all write about what we know, and uh, professionally, I know TechCom, and so I kind of gravitate towards that. I do have a personal blog that's like just family journal type stuff, but it's not really how I brand myself online. I think um, it's interesting. There are we do choose to to uh, stick with a particular focus, mm -hmm. and I've chosen like the TechCom focus for my blog. But there, I really do have a lot of other dimensions to me outside mm -hmm. of technical writing that mm -hmm. people don't often see. For example, I, I absolutely love to play basketball <laughs> and probably play a lot more basketball than I blog. Interesting. <laughs> but um, but it, anyway, so yeah, I, I have varied interests. And, and yeah, the blog is an evolution of wherever I'm at in this time of life. I think that's one of the things that has such appeal is that it's not just a topic-based blog, it's you as a person, so, and your voice comes through so clearly, at least for me. That's oh, that's good, that's good. Yeah, I mean, um, I try to be transparent and honest on the blog. Um, I think really the key to like a good blog is to tell stories. Mm. And that, those originate from experience, right? When you have an experience and that leads to a story, which then leads to kind of an investigation of a topic. And it's hard to tell stories without also coming across as somewhat personal or without sharing and opening up yourself. So, I mean, you really can't do that. You can't have a successful blog without telling some kind of personal stories or some stories from your life. So how do you define a successful blog? <coughs> I think, um, well, blog posts that really engage me, uh, they're posts that, I mean, that, that are relevant, they're meaningful, they're, they're, they have some kind of appeal. I, I don't know, that's a good question. Um, 
I like it when people kind of begin with an experience they've had that then leads them into reflection. I really like it when people are thinking critically, that they're asking questions. I, I really like the curious mindset. So, you know, when a, a good essay has all of these elements, a good personal essay, I mean, um, it, kind of, it kind of has a balance between story and experience and thought and, and ideas and kind of interweaving those two has always been something that's fascinated me. Um, and I think it's a, it's an art to do that well. Um, so yeah. So interweaving the narrative of some kind of story with then the more stepping back and analyzing and looking at it and commenting on it is that what you mean by interweaving? Yeah, yeah. And it's so. As a background, I, I did get an MFA in nonfiction writing, mm -hmm. and that kind of form has always appealed to me. But the problem is, um, like when you're in graduate school, you don't really have a, a focus outside of your life. So a lot of times people fall into like memoirish type writing. Mm -hmm. But when you're in in a professional field and you relate an experience, it's not like a, it's not memoirish. It's just like a it's a springboard into a topic. It's 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 never the focus. The focus is never on really you as a person. Although the experience may be somewhat personal, it's always like a dimension to the profession. So so it works when you're when you're kind of telling personal stories in a professional field versus when you're just telling stories about your personal life that may not really relate to a professional domain. I think it's an excellent way to deal with technical content that you look at it through a personal lens and that's engaging and it hooks people and it's familiar, your voice is familiar and conversational. So then when you're dealing with technical content, it brings it to life and you have lots of readers. How many readers do you have now? Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, FeedBurner like fluctuates between 4,800 and 2,200 almost every other day, depending upon who opens things. But I was going to, I was going to add one more detail about hmm. what makes a successful blog post. Uh, now that I've been thinking about it, the most successful blog posts, in my opinion, are those blog posts that change how I think about something. Hmm. Um, if I if I sit down and I really think about a topic and write about it, and after that I, I have a different way of thinking or it's changed uh, my way of thinking, that to me is a successful blog post. I had one, one post, for example, where I was kind of exploring the contrarian mindset. Mm -hmm. And after I wrote this post, I, I realized something different about me. I was like, you know what, this is, I saw myself differently. And I think that is the cool part about writing is that it can, it can change our worldviews or it changes our, our viewpoints about things. And those are the most successful ones. They may not be successful with readers, but yeah, if after you write something, you're changed. You know, that's, that's a pretty significant act. So the act of writing itself is most satisfying for you when there's discovery and growth involved. Exactly. For you, the writer, and then as a nice byproduct, your readers get to experience that same growth and discovery with you, which is a very satisfying reading experience as well. Yeah. And there's a depth to that kind of writing. That's a great way of uh, putting it. Yeah. The so what was it in that one case, excuse me for interrupting. No, no, no. What was it in that one case, do you remember, that you changed your mind about? <coughs> You know, I was trying to think of a better example, and I, I, I can't, nothing is coming to mind right now, but I just know that I've had a lot of posts over the years where, where, where they've been pivotal, and I, I think back to them, uh, I realize that I think differently after having written it. I think this is really the value of a blog, is, is that it 
causes you to reflect on your experiences um, and think about them in a really deep, critical way, and then wrestle with them and, and try to articulate them. And that that experience it helps you learn from what's happening in your career. It helps you grow uh, intellectually uh, as well as uh, with experience. Otherwise, if you just have experiences and you never process them and think them through, you know, what good is that? You might as well just keep repeating things over and over. So, I mean, writing has a has a strong value and, and blogging especially. Um, so that's why I really value blogs. Usually at conferences I, I have kind of pivotal turning points. Um, I remember I, that's I a had a... a kind of turning point to have. Yeah. I remember I came back from Manchester at a conference <laughs> and uh, I, and I and I was like, I'm done with this faceted navigation stuff. I'm like, we got to focus. We've got to focus on content. It's not the navigation that's wrong. Mm-hmm. And and I, I kind of came to this epiphany while at the conference, as well as writing about the experience. And and yeah, so that was a great example. But I'm glad you went into faceted. Uh, what did you just call Na- it? Faceted navigation. navigation. Yeah. Because I have pointed many people to that post and that series you did on organization. Oh. Because faceted search is important to understand and a lot of people don't know what it is and mm. I can simply say go to Tom's blog oh. he explains it beautifully so I'm glad you did it yeah and and actually now we've implemented it on our help site and my work we use Drupal mm-hmm. and through the Acquia kind of service they have faceted search that you can integrate so we did a whole taxonomy and we, we you know made it so that people do a search for a word and they get all these facets on the left. It's kind of cool. At the same time, it's not really as revolutionary as I had hoped. No, nope. <laughs> maybe not, but still, it's a big step ahead yeah. if, if you're not doing anything like that. For anybody listening who might be wondering what we're talking about, where would you direct them to find out your faceted search? Honestly, uh, if you want to learn about faceted search, go look up Peter Morville. Uh, <laughs> but, but if you want to know about my blog, it's idratherbewriting.com. And um, yeah, that's... I have podcasts on the site as well, video casts. I don't do those as much any as more as much now as I used to. I use I write now a lot more, so there's a lot of content. Search for something, use the search bar. I mean if you don't see something on the home page, right? I've usually touched upon the topic at some point in my archives. So, so use the search field. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I have a couple other things I'd okay. like to ask you about, if you sure. don't mind keep Go talking. Go for it. You write typically substantial posts, thoughtful posts, relatively long posts, and often subheadings, breaking them up so that there's a structure, there's an organization, there's a flow. How much revising does it take to get you to that final product? It doesn't, uh, to me, it's obvious, I think, that you can't just Uh sit down and have it come out that way. Yeah, well, usually I'll I'll open up a kind of notepad type view and I'll start asking questions about a topic, generating ideas, and I'll go through that kind of brainstorming process. Several times I may find that I just don't know enough about the topic, so I'll start reading different resources and generating new ideas. And so once I have a big mass of just ideas I'll take and extract kind of different points and then write like a first draft because then I have something to say about the topic right so and how many hours are we in at this point it depends on the length
length of the post. I mean, uh, an 800 word post could take anywhere from one hour to five hours. I mean, okay. it depends what the topic is. Start to finish, you mean? Or? It, it depends how much how much the ideas have already been baked. For example, I, my most recent post is uh, a simple way to write, edit, and publish documentation. And I already had that in my mind. It was like, I already knew what I wanted to say. I cranked that out in like two rides on the, sub, on the train. Whereas this other post, um, how can we know something totally unfamiliar to us, which is like 3,000 words, took me uh, probably a lot longer, a lot more train rides because I was trying to figure things out. Um, Show hours. Give us a number. What would you say? Uh, I would say, okay, and I have no idea if this, if this matches reality, but I'd say maybe uh, every 800 words would be probably two to three hours, I would say, at least. Including all your polishing, It could be more. Between, I don't know, three to six. So That's yeah. quite an investment of your life. <coughs> so you're getting enough value, obviously, to be worth yeah. continuing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, so, yeah, that's the question. Is, is What value do you get out of it? And so if I do have one of these posts that change how I think about things, I do get a lot of value out of it. If I'm just regurgitating what I already know, I don't get a lot of value out of that. So that's why I think, for me, the posts need to be something where I, I learn. Uh, you're exploring and you're not yeah. preaching. Yeah, right. exactly. And I think a lot of people approach blogging the wrong way where they're just trying to figure out what they already know and like document it, which is the wrong way. It's like, it's it's not very fun. It's fun to kind of chart unknown territory, figure out what you think, what things mean. And, and I change my mind all the time on my blog, but um, that's part of the, the fun, fun of it. Well, it makes for rich reading. Thanks. I'm curious, uh, one last thing to okay. ask you about. Following you, we sort of follow through uh, your changing focuses in your career, and your current focus often is on API documentation, and I know you have some uh, activity coming up with the STC Intercom magazine. Oh. They're going to give a whole issue to the topic, right? Yeah. So what what is API documentation. Um, maybe somebody listening doesn't even know what an API is, and why is it so hot right now? Um, so API documentation is is referring to basically documentation for developers. The APIs and SDKs are are these. Um, what are the man, acronyms? I, Do you know? Application programming interfaces, mm -hmm. right, and software development kits. Mm -hmm. But uh, let me try to give an example um, that would be really clear. So. I work at a gamification company where we give points, badges, award, allow people to get like missions and rewards and things, try to gamify different contexts. Well, let's say that you perform an action on your site, um, you share something, let's say you tweet something, and I want to give you 10 points for tweeting it. Well, how is it that we can make it so that your site shows that you have 10 more points? You make a call to this API, um, or you make a call through this API. You pick up the phone and you call? <laughs> no, you use Use web code. Um, in this case, probably JavaScript that makes an API call and then it retrieves data from this database where your points are stored. It recognizes that oh, she's got ten more points, and it and it delivers that information. So the challenge would be to visualize this and to I don't know, make the calls efficient. So I really like API documentation. Uh, and, and by API documentation, I include all kinds of other uh, related documentation for developers, such as code samples, uh, introduction, introductory information, reference information. Um, 
it's it involves learning programming basically you can't do it well without learning it and that is a major challenge because uh, programming is complicated it's I mean there's a reason programmers are scarce that, that it's, it's kind of a, a formidable field uh, to enter uh, but at the same time it's kind of eye-opening and it's fun and it's interesting because this whole rich landscape it's a it's a it's a field unto itself right programming computer language um, and so once you start kind of entering that you see things in, in different ways and your mind starts operating differently um, I feel more mathematical even though I don't have a really a strong math background just by learning to code and read read code so if somebody wants to break into that, I mean, you just learn a programming language, and that's um, kind of like saying, yeah, you just learn to do backflips. <laughs> I think that technical communicators are learning junkies by nature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I think that's that's true. Safari Books is a great resource to learn, and it's it's awesome to live in a time where all these information resources are readily available. Not free, but not very expensive either. So, you ready for your final question? Sure. If you were to give your blog a name today, would you still call it "I'd <laughs> Rather Be Writing"? Well. It's somewhat of a cliche, which is what I initially resisted. But yeah, even though writing has been dismissed as a commodity, really at the end of the day, I identify as a writer, uh, even just as a blog writer. Um, and it's kind of speaks to the core of what I like to do, you know, more than anything else, more than you know, creating illustrations or trying to create code samples. I, I like the writing process. I think it's highly worthwhile and it's, it's um, something that's worthy of a life pursuit that's going to occupy six to ten hours of unpaid time, right? And you get something out of it because you're you're writing and discovering. Whereas other activities don't really speak to me that way. So, so yeah, I'd call it the same thing. Plus, it's easy to remember. So, <laughs> so writing makes the world a better place. Uh, sure. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean. Historically, that's true, I would say. Well, I'm going to say Tom Johnson's writing has made my world a better place. So, thank you, Tom. Thanks, Marsha. Mm -hmm.